What is up, Esports News Nation? It's your boy, Wacky Richard, and let's... No, let's not, actually. Let's, uh, let's never do that again. Um, anyway, yeah, how are y'all doing? Um, basically, uh, I wanted to do some um, stuff yesterday. I didn't have time. Overnight, loads of things have changed in the whole um, uh, phase and TFU situation. Including the contracts come out, TFU's broken his silence, and yet, despite all of this deluge of new information that's been coming out, um, what I what I'm seeing is people are still arguing about the same old shit. Like people tunnel in onto the percentages, tunnel in on some of the clauses on the contract, and they're instead ignoring the broader framework of the debate. I had some time to speak to some lawyers today about it because I was maybe going to write an article up, but haven't had time to actually sit down and write the article. And let's be honest, uh, do people read anymore? Uh, why would you want to do that, right? When you can just listen to someone talk on Twitch, let's do that instead, yeah? So um, basically, I, I, got, um, I, got, I got, you know, I had some texts from some lawyers. Uh, you know, I had some fucking interactions, like email replies and everything. So I, I've got a pretty good handle on on the case now. What I'll say is, um, a couple of things have definitely gone phases way, um, and and it it actually changes quite some significant parts of the complaint of the lawsuit back into phase's favor it no longer becomes this potentially catastrophic thing where we're going to potentially see them held liable for people living in the team house and stuff like this i i'm pretty sure it's not going to go down that road now and i'll explain why and then we'll get into looking at the contract and everything else but basically the 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 key thing that happened was uh, much like I sort of predicted and alluded to in um, my previous uh, video about the topic and my interview with Devin Nash about it, um, is that Tiffy broke his silence. I knew he was going to. This didn't look like a lawyer's statement, actually, or anything that he'd gone through his counsel for. This looked similarly off the cuff, which I think is ill-advised. But the one thing that I did call was that he was going to walk back, the stuff about the hurting his arm, the stuff about the alcohol, um, because you know it, it, you can't win in the court of public opinion after you do that when you are very obviously using that as leverage and there's videos of you quite actively participating as a willing party in drinking alcohol underage it, it just doesn't hold up to any scrutiny and he will have lost there'll be a lot of fans that maybe ordinarily would have been on his side that wouldn't be on his side. Um, but the one thing he did do, which was a good part of the strategy, was he effectively pressurized uh, Phase to, uh, you know, release release the contract, uh, like release the fucking Kraken, right? So um, here, I'll, I'll give you the video that he put out on uh, on Twitter first. And uh, you can, I'll, this is it. He said, my response, you can just have a listen here. Yo, what is up, guys? I'm going to keep this video really short and to the point. First, I want to say I could um, learn some lessons about, about that. The gambling, the stunts, the drinking. I told my lawyer I did not want that in there, and he will do exactly just that. He will take it out. Now, the wording there is a little bit interesting in and of itself. He said, uh, "I told my lawyer I do I do not want that. I did not want that in there." Now, did is obviously past tense. So, which past tense is he referring to? Is he saying that he told the lawyer at the initial point? 
of the contract uh, of the complaint he didn't want it in there and the lawyer went ahead and did it anyway because you know leverage reasons um or did he initially agree to that and now he's like you know what actually i can see banks i obviously still have some attachment to him i obviously still have some kind of uh, friendship um with him this is just business and i don't want it to go down that road because i imagine once he saw people reacting and going well i mean now we've got liability issues we've got injury uh, compensation we've got uh, quest legal questions about exploitation um I, I think he probably has realized that 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 was a serious can of worms now i don't know if him telling his lawyer to take it out can do anything now because they said they'd already made the complaint to the california labor commission i mean if the California, like, I don't know if you can just pick up the phone or the California Labor Commission to go, oh, you know all that shit we told you that was happening? We actually don't want to, we don't want you to investigate that now. I don't know if you, you can put the genie back in the bottle, so to speak, but Tfue is saying he's going to at least try, so um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Anyway. So that is, no worries, that is out of my way. What I really want to talk about is the main point. I never wanted to upset anybody. I never wanted to bring that stuff in. I never wanted to get anybody to get emotional because this isn't about that. This is about me and this contract. This contract that I signed when I didn't know any better. I'm an idiot. I should have never signed it in the first place. This is an interesting um, point that I'm going to talk about a, 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 a little bit later on. Um, I talked with a lawyer today uh, about um, whether or not there was a case for Tfue to say that he didn't understand what he was signing. Um, and the, the bottom line is, long story short, and I'll get into the specifics of what they said. And remember, I am not a lawyer, but I will be communicating some lawyers' thoughts, uh, various different lawyers' thoughts on the issue um, over the course of the broadcast. Um there, there really isn't a leg for him. There, there's no grounds on that basis, um, based on what they call unconscionability, um, is the is the term. Um, the idea that he wasn't of sound mind, or he didn't know what he was doing, or he couldn't understand the numbers, doesn't really hold up unless there are some very mitigating circumstances. And um, you know, him saying I didn't know what I was doing, that really isn't going to be a basis for the argument at all. I mean, ultimately, if that that was the whole argument right there this is a hundred percent a slam would be a hundred percent a slam dunk for phase because it just wouldn't stand up to, to scrutiny the the thing people keep forgetting though is it's not about whether the contract was fair it's not about whether he knew the implications of he, he signed it or not those are not the legal arguments his lawyer is going to make for very obvious reasons this three-year contract what is in this contract is so bizarre it's so fucked I wish you guys could see this thing because I can't even fathom it. This contract basically allows FaZe at any point in three years to just fucking take all my hard earnings and all my hard work and just strip it. Now, as we'll see when we look at the contract, what, what he means by this is that FaZe have some very explicit percentages, very explicit numbers for everything. Pretty much every revenue stream that tfue generates phase are entitled to a cut of it now it's not 80 percent across the board it's only 80 percent for the sponsorship deals uh that they bring him so when when bank said that was a lie it wasn't but equally when when tfue's legal team were happy to let that 80 percent sound like it's 80 percent of everything that was a lie by omission so both sides have been a little bit naughty there honestly um you know the reality is that the 80 percent only applies to this one aspect 
but there's some 50-50 splits. There's some 60, you know, I think a 60-40 split and something. We'll get into the specifics a little bit later on. But the bottom line is, what TFU is worried about is that just because they have a verbal agreement today with banks or whoever else uh, to not take those percentages, they can retroactively take them. You know, they can just come along and go, hey, well, we didn't take that 50% of your stream revenue. We'd like that now, actually. And then he's going to be on the hook to, 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 pay, to, to pay retroactively what he owes. So that's the, the, the key problem here. And this is one of the big points that it was always about. It's not what FaZe will do. It's what they could do. Because let's imagine a world where one of these lawsuits leads to a change in leadership at FaZe. Let's say um, the people who are calling the shots now aren't calling calling the shots tomorrow and let's say they sit down at their new desk and they go through all of the contracts of all of their talent and they go wait a minute tfu he's doing really well right now let's have a look what money we've took off him oh sixty thousand dollars well fuck that noise he's one of our biggest assets and we need a cash injection so let's retroactively charge him all the stuff that we owe they'd be well within their rights to do that and it's a three-year contract you know and, and i've said this multiple times it it doesn't matter whether you're blowing up or, you know, an, an, an underdog that's never really going to have their shine. Going beyond two years in esports is insane. I think a two-year contract is insane. With the market the way it is, with the way things change. Uh, very, you know, in most of these contracts, the orgs hold most of the cards. The only thing you will get for two years is if you're dropped from a team or kicked from a team, you will get a reduced salary... Uh, while you cannot play for anyone else. I mean, it's not a very enticing deal. If you don't care about that, if you don't care whether you're in a team or not, and you just want enough money to pay the rent, it's brilliant. It's security. They will have to pay you. But that isn't enough reason at all for most people to sign to a long-term contract. And if you go beyond 12 months, I think you're making very stupid decisions. You know, again, not an agent, but if you were to come to me and ask my advice, I'd never go beyond 12. 18 at a stretch. And it, it would have to be a hell of an organization and a hell of a deal because the way, like I say, the way the market is, how quickly things change. Shit, man. Games die in 12 months. You know what I mean? Like, you can be here today, gone tomorrow, you might want to fucking, you know, you might play a game that is literally dead in like three months, right? And you might want to go play something else, and your contract might prevent you. You might have to keep playing that shit dead game for nine months because you're locked into a contract. So you've got to be super careful about what you sign, and uh, two years doesn't reflect the market, doesn't reflect the industry. Three years, madness. Over 49%, over 79%. These, what is in this contract is insane, and that's not even the worst parts. And what I'm trying to do here is just serve justice to the esports community, the esports industry. These kids are getting ripped off, they're getting taken advantage of. These contracts are not okay, and this needs to never happen again. So, I mean, this is also something I said he would do. If you recall the first stream, it's now up on YouTube. If you want to go check it out, subscribe to the YouTube channel because you've probably been unsubscribed because I've uploaded a fuck ton of videos. And every day you upload a video, YouTube unsubscribes 50 to 100 of your subs at random. Just something you have to live with. Um, but, but if you watch that, I did say one of the things he's going to do is frame it that he's not just doing it for him. Um... I believe the lawyer's intentions are like that. I don't believe TFU's intentions are that at all. Um, I understand why he's saying it. I think it's. I, I, I think. I think what he's doing will have uh, positive ramifications. But I. I don't think. 
I don't think he really cares one way or the other. I think he just wants to get out the contract. I don't think he wants to be some fucking esports or gaming martyr, right? Um, but 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 again, it's very easy for him to say that it is about that. And I suppose a lot of people will believe that. I'm a, I'm a bit older, a bit more cynical, I suppose. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy that. And there's tons of people in contracts this bad, just like me. And I'm the first person to stand up and say, this is fucked, this is not right, this is not cool. This is fucking bullshit. This is fucking bullshit. And if only you guys could see what is in this contract. I can't disclose what is within this contract. And this was an interesting thing that uh, uh, Tim Rizzo, the journalist who comes by the channel, sometimes found out directly. He reached out to the attorney and said, can I have a copy of the contract? And they said, no, there's a clause in the contract that says only FaZe can release it, which is um, a very interesting clause. I I I'm trying to think if I've ever come, ac I've come across similar clauses in the past um but i want to say not in america i think i saw them in europe where one of the clauses in a contract was you can't share this contract with anyone so it was like it meant you couldn't even get like lawyers to look at it or something it was like nobody else could see the contract so obviously that's not binding and wouldn't hold up and it was a very sick and sinister predatory thing to try and do to kind of you know in, um entrap young people i mean the contract was absolute garbage and unenforceable this was a long time ago i'll i'll add i don't i don't know how legit it is to be able to say like you can't release you know your this contract you can't reveal the details of this contract i mean the lawyers are telling me that stands up i mean again i i kind of think that's a bit weird but you know that's a that's apparently a clause that some contracts have you know like players athletes in sporting contracts can't discuss um certain elements of of of, of the deals that they're on so um but yeah i mean you know, this was a very clever move, what TFU did, to basically pressurize FaZe into releasing the documents, because in the absence of information, as we've seen, people will fill in the gaps and pick a side based on who they like best, and TFU still has a lot of clout and a lot of fans, um, so FaZe don't want to lose the PR battle, because that's ostensibly what they're shooting for, that's their victory uh, condition in their mind. I don't think they win a court case, I don't think they keep TFU, um, but I think they can certainly win a PR battle uh, because people are easily misled. But FaZe Clan, please release the contract for the public to see. Fuck, let me show the public. Just give me permission to show these people the truth. The truth that is within this contract. That's all I really have to say. Show the fucking contract, FaZe. Release the fucking contract. Everybody... Hashtag release the fucking contract. So I don't know how we feel about this. Um, honestly, all things told, it's um, it, it's 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 very cynical. To he could have just left it like two sentences ago instead of trying to leverage his fan base to get a hashtag trending on Twitter, which it did. Um, you know, and I I I think you lose a little bit of the moral high ground. You know, we've seen Banks' bullshit. We've seen Banks come out and do, you know, these the stupid emotional videos and stupid emotional tweets. Um, to, to me, if you want to maintain the moral high ground, you just say, like, release the contract. It was always going to get leaked. There was no way that we were going to wake up today and we were still going to be waiting for the contract. I mean, as it happened, I, I woke up and by the time I started doing the rounds to get the contract, people were telling me it was already going to come out. So I was like, well, I don't need to do it. It doesn't have to be me this time. Brilliant. So I thought this was 
really silly, honestly. I, I think um, I think you, he should have probably held off a little bit and tried not to leverage his following. I think he probably has been a little bit affected by seeing just how many FaZe fans are um, siding with FaZe and siding with Banks. And I think um, Keemstar was tweeting about, oh, look at all the subs he's losing on YouTube and stuff. And I think he's had a little bit of panic. I think, he's, I think he's panicked a little bit and hasn't thought it out rationally that actually slow and steady wins this particular race. So he's, you know, splurged out, done this video, tried to get a hashtag trending and pressurize phase, which it's, it, it's intelligent to pressurize them to, to release the contract, but you didn't have to leverage your social media uh, following to do that. It would have always come out. So, uh, But anyway, with all of that said, uh, we can get into the gamer agreement. Yay! It's more fucking, you know, another hour of Richard Lewis looking at fucking contracts and breaking down legalese. Now, I'll say the Blast.com uh, put this out in case you're interested. I don't know anything about the Blast. I don't know anything um, about them as a publication. Their scruples, um, how ethical they are, um, you know, their contacts, whether or not they were back channeled by either party i couldn't tell you um what i'll what what i'll tell you is that there there's some stuff in in this contract which is like super interesting and let's just start with the first point i want to bring up let's let's start with some with with a really interesting point uh that was brought up very early on from people who'd watched my video and it was it's a strange experience actually because i thought when i was breaking this down i thought a few things were clear first of all um it was the first complaint nothing i said could be gospel is it's we all we have to operate on was the complaint um but second of all i thought i broke it down in a much more rational manner than almost anybody else and again i, I focused on the key issue which is and i'm going to show you plenty of examples because i've had time to read some case law now so i can show you some specifics as to why i believe i'm right um that that if they were operating as his agent and the california labor commission deem him to be a um to deem him to be an artist it's largely irrelevant what's in the contract because he if he's deemed an artist and somebody's acting as his agent they need a license the end i mean you know all of this peripheral noise seems really silly to me love your content thank you there's only two things that get my dick hard these days <laughs> one okay. is riley reed and two is those sweet sweet gamer agreements keep it up Val. Okay, no worries. I will. Yeah, thank you. I uh, appreciate it. That's right. Sorry to interrupt. Have you seen the video <laughs> of Sky High and the other kid where they accidentally admit he's 11 and then play it off awkwardly? Yes, yes, I played that on the stream, actually. I did, yeah. So, um, that, 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 I noticed that issue's gone dead really quickly as well. Uh, but look, anyway, so this is the point I wanted to make. Um, this agreement shall be governed and construed in accordance with the laws of the state of New York without regard to its conflict of laws principles. So, people immediately went, Aha! Richard, you're an idiot! You are an idiot, sir, uh, because now it's got nothing to do with California, you idiot. It's based in New York. So there's a couple of points about this that you guys uh, probably uh, need to know. Um, first up, right, um, uh, 
the the laws in new york in regards to having a license are almost identical to california <laughs> so i mean just putting that out there um there are several cases where if you act as an agent somebody else in new york you still need to have a license um and and there's still a database of people who hold licenses and everything else but i will also read you this text because i double checked um you're not even Hang on, where the fuck was it? Uh, That's right. Me and my Hope I didn't legal dude at a. I hear some new kid named Scoots might be on later less than three. Yeah. So how it can work with the California Labor Commission is, um, even if the contract that is agreed is in New York, the commission can claim jurisdiction because. Um, if TFU lives there and operates there, there's what they call a proper nexus to the state. So the contract choice doesn't affect the commission's rights or the artist's rights. So it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant that it says it's in New York. I know a lot of people thought this was a big gotcha. The commission can just go, yeah, but he lives here and yeah, but he works here and yeah, he's done his activations here. So peace the fuck out. So... um so that that that's another uh, aspect of it anyway let's just have a look at what is outlined here um in these uh, gamer services and this is basically where they point out um you know what 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 he has to do uh how he'll be compensated and it's it's a bit of a mishmash because there this is another interesting thing that's going to come out as a result of this we, we the, the the california labor commission or whichever commission ends up looking at this has to absolutely make a determination about whether or not he's an artist if he's not an artist then the agent thing becomes irrelevant and then now we have to start talking about material breach general fairness all of that other stuff right so keep all that in mind now there's too much language in here for me and and again I, I the lawyers i talked to said if they were making a determination in their opinion they would say there's enough in the contracts to determine that the guy was an artist but it but it's not cut and dry it could be a, a coin toss it could it could go the other way but if they were choosing they would say so um and the reason for this is basically because um that you know they will get you brand deals and they talk about how the brand deal split will work and you can see that on this page and then they explain how the percentages will be paid out to you and then they also when you go a little bit further down and you get into this uh, the terms and conditions well we already saw these clauses get leaked and now it turns out they haven't been um you know tampered with it all or misrepresented it's very clear that there's an exclusivity period when this person signs and that while you're operating on that exclusivity period that the the company phase will go out and they will do engagements and get you endorsements and they will get you you know uh, all these deals and they will do a split in exchange for that. And, and and if you get any deals yourself, you have to defer to them to handle the negotiations. Now, this is inarguably the uh, activities that an agent would undertake. It's quite cut and dry in that regard. The issue we have is whether or not TFU is an artist. If TFU isn't deemed to be an artist, then this agent can't be a talent agent. If he's deemed to be an athlete, it's something entirely different. Wouldn't be covered by the Talent Agency Act. Wouldn't 
uh, necessarily fall under the purview of the California Labor Commission. So that becomes a very important determination. Interesting aside, and I don't think it'll make any difference, um, TFU has uh, continually referred to himself as an athlete. I think even in the initial Hollywood report, he was referred to as an esports athlete. So, you know, that's kind of language that if you want to be determined as an artist, then get out of the contract because of the um, Talent uh, Agency Act, the California Talent Agency Act, TAA, uh, as it's abbreviated to, um, then you really have to go all in on being an entertainer. I don't think it matters because I think there's enough language in here where they're like literally, they just talk so much about, um, you know, uh, agree, uh, uh, representation, appearances, you know, things that wouldn't necessarily apply to an athlete. Now, Let's talk about the um, percentages. Um, there, there are some clauses in here that I think are kind of interesting uh, that are definitely worth talking about, should have scribed. Um, for example, I, I just got to find what page it was on. I made some notes before I came on the stream. Uh, just two seconds. But there's a clause that says if he's late for uh, a single training session or a single appearance uh they can they can take 25 percent of his monthly income have a real passion for it nice to see you expect a certain level of respect that i think all of us watching think the game deserves at this point so that is very um egregious um and and whether or not again remember fairness doesn't matter Fairness doesn't matter, um, but yeah, here it is. Um, here it is. Uh, you, I'll I'll just read you this: fines for failure to provide services in the event that gamers uh, that gamer fails to participate in training sessions and or tournaments and or matches other than with a valid absence which is defined as being ill um giving 24 hours notice due to emergencies etc you can see all that down there then without limiting companies of the rights and remedies here under companies shall have the right to impose the following fines per occurrence this is per occurrence uh, represented below as a percentage of the gamer's monthly fee, which will be subtracted from the compensation payable to the gamer in the pay period directly after the imposition of any fine, unless such fines exceed the amount of compensation in which the gamer shall pay another amount exceeding such compensation to the company. So, failing at the show to a training session, 25% of your monthly fee every time. Uh, failure uh, to meet at a league match or a major online tournament, the use of any controlled substances prohibited under federal or state law, or the gambling at any gaming facility or operation, including any electronic or internet-based gaming facility or operation in connection with the game, is 50% of the monthly fee. And in addition to the foregoing, in the event that he fails to meet a LAN tournament or breaches a confidentiality obligation under the confidentiality provisions in this agreement, the gamer hereby agrees to pay the company a cash amount equivalent to 125%. So that means he has to tack 25% onto his salary, and uh, like that's what he's that, that's effectively what he's losing. He loses his salary, and 25% of that go he has to pay that to the org out of his own bank account. Now I've never seen anything like that in esports. I'll be completely honest with you. I have seen um I I I I, I have seen fines and stipulations for fines 
by the way all of which uh in esports are pretty much governed with a like principle of reason of them being reasonable um you know and usually aren't a percentage and usually aren't a scaling percentage i have never seen in any contract and maybe maybe this is the norm these days who fucking knows but i've never seen in any contract a situation where you would owe money to the org uh if like if you missed uh you know an appear an appearance or whatever like never i've never i've never seen that i've never heard of that like generally the cutoff point is we can take what we pay you there's no i've never seen a situation and on top of that you have to pay us some money so that to me seems so egregiously at, uh, uh, over the top that i'm very surprised that that wasn't thrown in with the initial complaint because this is a very easy way to all those people who are talking about whether or not the contract is fair there's a very easy way to basically win win the argument and and and, and make it look like an unfair uh, contract right so I'm, I'm i'm surprised that didn't come out but that immediately leapt out at me at being very um like you say very egregious um and i've ne i can say hand on heart i have never seen anything uh like that before now what i won't do is zoom through all of the pages i'll show you what i was talking about in regards to um the uh percentages oh well just actually no just before we do a bit before i show you the percentages as well um you can also see here of course you've got the um name and likeness rights signed away i keep telling people this is just a standard in there but you might want to think about you know um how how long you're doing it for and stuff this is actually better than most esports contracts i've seen because it defines a period where they control your name and likeness it's not in perpetuity most esports contracts i've seen perpetuity so it, this is actually quite progressive in that sense so i guess a little bit of uh, credit to phase in in that area and then you have um well this i thought this was interesting because remember the other argument we have is that the contract could be voided if if it is deemed that FaZe were acting as his agent and he's an artist, right? Contract could just be voided immediately. FaZe could be fined, you know, whatever. But what I think is interesting is they outline what they consider a terminal breach is. And um, they have a morals breach. Uh, sorry, a material breach. They, 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 they have a morals breach, which is, you know, if you say anything we don't like, basically, we can terminate your contract. But it says here a material breach uh, in, would include uh, making disparaging remarks about the team or any party involved in the team, a company, a sponsor, a commercial partner, any employees of those partners, any agents or assigns, uh, insubordination, dishonesty, resignation, which I, I, I don't even know what that means. Like what, an attempt to resign? Like I, I, don't, I don't understand the the terminology there but like because if they mean emotional resignation i don't understand how you qualify like quantify that um or betting on esports leagues three failure refusal or neglecting to perform the services at the times and places in the manner uh, required or to fulfill games of the obligations under the agreement uh, for uh, an absence from training 
would constitute material breach. So even though they say they can fine you, they also then later go on to say, um, if you do it more than two times, you can terminate your contract. Um, gamers breach of the confidentiality provisions. Again, that's in there. We can, we can end your contract if you breach confidentiality. Uh, if you breach the non-compete provisions, we're going to talk about the non-compete provisions in a moment. We can terminate your contract. Um, if you don't comply with tournament rules and regulations, we can it can be a material breach and we could terminate your contract. If the game is express or implied promotion of other brands than those approved by the company, we can terminate your contract. Now, remember, one of the things that the lawyer said, TFU's lawyer, was that this is anti-competitive because it is limiting what brands he can promote, how he can apply his trade. And here they're saying, if you promote anyone, other than who we say you can, we can terminate your contract, which again, that operates in complete contradiction of what you're supposed to be doing as his agent and representative. So um, that that's bad. <laughs> that's a bad line. Um, but but also very standard. Um, very standard. It's it, it's not that it's bad in, in and of itself. It, it's bad for the argumentation purposes of what FaZe is trying to trying to do and, and, and it's very hard to give a rebuttal to the argument that they're anti-competition and especially if it does fall under the purview of the california labor commission which i'm pretty sure uh, it will uh then they, in california they don't like shit like that like non-compete clauses are generally held up to um you, you know to to not be enforceable in california uh, and if you appear visibly intoxicated or under the influence of any illegal substances in public, including online content. Well, he's done that. So it just goes to show, like, you won't even, you won't even enact, like, if, if somebody is valuable, you won't even enact your own material breach clauses because you don't want to lose them to the fucking organization. So, but here's, here's the point I want to make by reading all of this out. When you get a good contract, right, like an, an, an actual good contract for a reputable company, they, they are designed to protect both parties. They outline what we, the company, can do, but also what your rights are. So within this termination for material breach, uh, you know, it should also say, and if we do the following... You will also have the grounds for material breach. Now, again, I was looking into material breach while I was, like, looking at this. Because remember, for those who were just catching up on all of the drama and all of the story, in September 2018, TFU's lawyers wrote to FaZe to say, you owe him some money and you better pay it. And then that didn't get paid uh, in a timely fashion, if at all. We don't know. That hasn't been made clear by either party yet. And then they contacted them again about it in March. And then obviously they brought it up again when they filed the complaint right now in May, you know, two days ago or whatever. So the question becomes, is that a material breach? So I was looking at it. And like I said, when it comes to material breach, uh, it's very um, um, subjective. So the, the, the key components you have to remember about material breach, right, are that you have to give, for, for, for it to be a material breach for TFU, he ha would have had to have given notice. Well, 
September 2018, he gave notice that he wasn't happy because he hadn't been paid. And you have to give them the right to cure. So the right to remedy the problem by offering to give you the money, some of the resolution, you know, some resolution that satisfies the parties. Now, we, it, to all intents and purposes, it sounds like that hasn't happened. Um, and, and it's very rare. Some courts don't don't care like you might get a judge who doesn't care about the opportunity to remedy the situation some courts don't care but it is super rare basically if you say look it's a material breach uh and they go well no because look you they didn't pay you you waited two months then they did pay you and they apologized and then the following month they gave you like you know uh, a fucking fruit basket you know they're gonna say that's probably not a material breach then um so it, a, a, a large part of the secondary argument as to whether or not the contract is voided is going to come down to did FaZe pay the money they were owed in the fashion that was outlined by TFU's lawyers back in September. That's No one's talking about that. Um, so if, if the payments still haven't been made, very bad for FaZe. Very bad. Um, because they would then have to hide behind, oh, we don't owe him anything because we... Um, he actually owes us money because of the percentages. And then you lose all of that. No, we'd never take money off you. You lose all of that, you know, kudos, right? Um, and you also have to explain why you verbally said in public and in private that you would never take that money. Otherwise, if you do owe TFU money... And you haven't paid him between September and May, and you've been contacted twice by his lawyer about it. Um, very hard to argue that you have remedied, because you haven't remedied it, um, to, to a judge. So again, that's another area where TFU could get out of the contract, because it could be deemed uh, to be a material breach. But just to come back to the original point... Um, it, it, it is unbelievable to me that there's not like something that says and if we fuck up this is these are your rights because contracts usually outline that they usually tell you what you can do from an arbitration perspective or from a legal perspective um you know what 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 rights you have under the contract to escalate things in the event the company fucks up so um bit a bit weird uh i, I this the indemnification clause i thought was interesting but again i checked in with the lawyers and they just told me like this is pretty standard and i'm like man contracts are bullshit contracts are some bullshit um you know uh, it says here each party shall at all times indemnify defend and hold harmless the other party its companies partners and parent companies and each of their respected officers directors and employees from and against any and all liabilities claims cost damages and re reasonable settlements and expenses including without limitation reasonable attorney's fees and court costs brought by a third party to the extent arising out of attributable attributable to any material breach or allegation which if true would constitute a material breach of such parties obligations representations and warranties hereunder. if so elect the indemnified party shall have the rights at its sole cost to engage its own counsel in connection with such claim or may assume defense on its own behalf in the event of the indemnifying party fails to adequately defend or if the indemnified party's insurance uh, carrier requires that such uh, carrier defends any claim as a condition of coverage so what this basically says and fair enough it does go both ways that um if for any reason we do get entrenched in a legal battle 
you, you are 100% on your fucking own. Like, 100%. It's all out of your own pocket. There's not going to be, like, any fucking arbitration. We're not going to do any of that shit. It's immediately like, let's go to fucking war. Let's, like, you get your lawyers and we get our lawyers and may the best legal team win. Like, just boom. Um, and we all agree to that right at the get-go. So I was like, fuck. Seems pretty harsh compared to some of the other stuff. Um... I've seen, but again, the the lawyers just say, "Oh no, no, that's that's standard. Like, going to war is standard, and we like it that way because we make money." Um. So, uh, I think those are the major points of the contract. Other than the fucking percentages, um, there's there's a few of the little bits and pieces. Uh, you know, just like uh, the the intellectual property stuff. Like we talked a bit about likeness rights, but you know, just um, uh. Uh, well, anyway, on one of the pages, it says that he will be considered... Yeah, here it is. Relationship of parties. So it's on the third page, right? Okay, good. Sorry, they, they, they snuck it past me. It's just tiny at the, at the bottom of page three. Um, so it says that each party is an independent contractor. And is solely responsible for all of its own employees, subcontractors, labor costs, and except as otherwise provided here in expenses. And it's like, I, I don't, like, how many more, how many more ways can you, like, muddy the fucking uh, wat waters here? Um, like, is he an employee? Because you make employee demands of him. Um you know you make demands of their time where they can and can't be this is what you do to an employee you can only do this to an employee um you have a very long agreement three years uh you generally don't do that with like independent contractors the contract lengths are shorter um and then on top of that you're also acting as his representation and telling him what uh, how he can't have any sponsors that differ or deviate from the sponsors your organization has and then you just throw it in there that oh and we're both independent contractors we're an independent contractor you're an independent co I, I, I don't know i i, I kind of feel I, I, like that that shouldn't be there i don't know if that was like left in from like a previous um uh, you know a, a, a previous fucking iteration of a different contract like like they copy pasted it and just forgot to delete that part because that seems very strange to me and again i didn't even notice that like when i had access to the lawyers this afternoon when i was out doing my fucking rounds um i was like oh yeah, yeah and asking them all these like great questions and everything else um but, uh, but yeah i didn't even notice this and then it was like wait what the fuck how's that there so i don't know maybe 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 that is there maybe that is accurate i again i'm not a lawyer so i don't know enough about that part but it seemed very fucking strange indeed now i i do see you there hi Pock, by the way good to see you again um fellow PUBG refugee um but um so i'll i will get your question um i will answer it i'm gonna copy paste it now so i don't forget it you're not even Great insight and amazing content as always. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate the sub. Um, so let's uh, let's get to the percentages, which uh, again, I I think that it's irrelevant to the discussion, um, but people want to talk about it. So let's just be clear and, and sort of place it in a broader context. So this is the blast uh, that that published the story. Um, 
And again, Banks, um, it, yeah, while, while all this was going on, I was preparing for the show. Banks actually says, uh, yeah, the con uh, T-Fuse contract was trash. I mean, it, it, oh, God. It's like, I don't know. Does he think if he fucks up his own legal case, um, like, there's a way to save it and make T-Fuse come back? Like, it's just... What a wild thing to say, because trash is such, like, a wildly vague statement. Like, what, trash is in you don't believe it should be binding? Trash is in you could have given him a better deal? Trash is in you deliberately fucking nickel and dimed him and lowballed him and made him do a bunch of shit? Um, you know, like, it, it, it's a, again, like, how this motherfucker keeps doing this and nobody stops him? Like, it's just, it, it, it's mad. Hmm. So anyway, um, let's get to the um, this, this part here, the compensation. So $2,000 a month is his fixed salary, uh, but, it, but he gets along with that all other income um, uh, where it says all other income, including but not limited to salaries, earnings, fees, royalties, bonuses, share of profits, and gifts generated in connection with the game of services. So he's on he's on a two two k a month salary, which um, honestly is poor by um, modern esports uh, you know standards. Uh, to put it into a co context. We all have heard the stories about, you know, North players being on like $20,000 contracts. Famously, Virtus Pro was supposedly on $25,000 a month. That's in CSGO. So if you're a top player in Fortnite and you're salaried to an organization, uh, but equally, of course, this is tempered by when, when he signed this contract, he wasn't a big star. He didn't have 1.6 million uh, fucking followers on Twitter and 5 million or whatever the fuck it is, you know, now on 10 million on, on Twitch. Um, so, sure, you you know, you, you a starting player getting 2K to play fucking BR games um, probably isn't all that bad, honestly. I don't think the salary is, you know, not reflective of who he was at the time he signed it. Um but then they split the money with, if you get in-game stickers or anything you sell with a creator code, it's a 50-50 split. Um, which, I don't know how I feel about that. I guess um, You're not even a real journalist. it's one of those things where a 50-50 split of that, of that nature is good at the start when you don't have a brand and people buy it because it's phase. Um, but when you become bigger than FaZe, as he has, then obviously it's very bad because FaZe is getting 50% of something you could easily sell by yourself if you had the agreements in place with the sponsors, which you could now adequately go out and get. So 50-50 um, is pretty bad. Now, to put it also into context, um, Twitch have a scaling uh, program when it comes to subs, right? We all know when you people, you lovely people, subscribe to me with your Twitch primes or, you know, you're out of the kindness of your own pockets and we get a sub, right? I get 50% of the $4.99 and Twitch get the other 50%, right? And, and that's how that works, right? Because I'm not that big a deal. I'm not a big streamer. I'm not like a big organization that drives loads of traffic to Twitch. I'm just a guy who talks too much and makes videos that are too long for anyone to watch. So, obviously, I get the 50-50 split. But, 
you're a good streamer, and not like me, and you stream regularly, and you do all that fucking hype shit and play games, you get a 60-40 split, and sometimes a 70-30 split. And then, if you're a big organization or a massive streamer, sometimes Twitch is just like, fuck it, you're driving people to the platform, we benefit greatly from that. Some people get the fabled 100% of all of it, or 100% of all of the subs and everything else. So it's, uh, it, it, it's a complete, you know, this type of thing, 50-50, sounds lame, it sounds shit, but actually when you think about it, in lots of areas, the 50-50 split holds true, like in Twitch and stuff. So that that doesn't shock me that much. Brand deals, right? It says here um, that 50-50 on the brand deals. But that isn't true because it was actually 80-20, right? So... They they said here that the way it was being represented was we'd only take fifty percent. We you know if we if but but no the 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 brand deals brought in by FaceClan and this apparently was true for all the people who signed at that time. It's eighty twenty, which is so outrageous. Um, the eighty twenty thing is is indefensible. It is completely indefensible by any organization. Because as I said on the previous stream, I've had agents, and agents have got you know an agent got me the rivalry deal, right? And the rivalry sponsorship six figures, and they took a percentage. If they took eighty percent, there would have been no point. There would have been no point in me doing it. Think about that. Think about that. You know, if it's a, let's say it's a hundred k, the sponsorship deal, right? <laughs> and they, so, so they walk away with eighty thousand dollars, and I get twenty. I get the twenty thousand dollars that's left over. That is so fucking stupid. Like, to, to, and I've got all the pressure of the deliverables. I've got the pressure of being the public face. I've got the pressure of like pissing off the sponsors if I say or do something wrong. The agent pockets the 80% before it gets to you, and they just rizzle, lizzle, dizzle, and go do another deal. 80% is madness. 80% is absolute fucking madness. Um, yeah, and to put it into context, a pimp, a pimp would take that type of cut. So fuck that. Um... Then, uh, brand deals brought in by the gamer, right? So, if, if, if Tfue is at an event, and he's doing his thing, right? And he meets somebody from, again, let's pick, um, actually, because I'm going to drink some of this delicious Powerade Zero. You know, all of the electrolytes, none of the calories, really good for you. Mmm, mmm, mmm. You too can be an overweight, balding esports fan if you drink Power Aid Zero. So anyway, if um if he if he went and fucking talked to a Power Aid Zero representative at an event, and they said, "Holy shit, man! Like we didn't even know you liked our fucking delicious uh, red juice, and um, we'd love to fucking sponsor you." Like. Uh, we, we totally love to. He has to go and tell FaZe, and he goes, oh, you'll never guess who I bumped into. I bumped into a Powerade fucking Zero uh, representative in an event. They want to sponsor me. We're going to set it all up. Is that okay? Well, first thing, they say no, because they got a sponsorship with G Fuel. So fuck you, T Fuel, for even trying. And then second of all, even if they decide to let him do it, 50% for what? 
Turned down for what? It's outrageous. 50%. You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. Like, that's the madness of it. Like, like you're acting as this guy's agent and telling him what deals he can and can't have and bringing deals to him. But if he goes out and gets a deal himself, you just want 50% of it. That's mental. That makes no sense. Um, appearance fees, 50-50. I don't know enough about that streamer life or that influencer life to know what kind of money you get paid for an appearance fee. Um, 50-50, I, I don't know how I feel about it because I think this should fall under agency fees, which should be no higher than 20% in my opinion, maybe 25 at the outside. Like, again, the agents I've had have took 10 15 20 like never above that right never ever for no matter the size of the deal no matter what type of deal and sometimes when the deal is so like small like um because you know you might get a ten thousand dollar sponsorship they don't even take the cut some of them because i just have the 10k like what what 1k is not worth it you know um so an appearance fee I imagine for someone as popular as Tfue, like, imagine that could be quite a bit. I remember when I used to work booking people uh, myself, and I remember when it was like, we tried to get Day 9 at uh, a gadget show event, and his fucking fees were just so, like, outrageous. Um, you know, we ended up booking KSI, I think, for, like, less or something. Um, and, we, yeah, we booked, we booked KSI for, for a smaller day rate than fucking uh, Day 9. Um, that was at the Gadget Show. What year was that? Was that like 2009? Probably 2009 or 2010. Um, so anyway, just, just putting that out there. Like, these, these motherfuckers do, like, get some crazy, like, fees. And then once you put a day rate in and then, then you start, maybe it becomes a whole weekend. And then you want them to do additional work and you want them to do a meet and greet and maybe, like, do some promotional stuff. It can scale upward to, like, hundreds of thousands just to be at an event. So, the, the 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 madness that you take fifty for that, it, it seems that seems high. I think that's egregious. I think I think that's egregious. But I have no idea what the industry standard is now because it's not my it's not my wheelhouse anymore. Then, prize money for tournaments, and this will always be a bone of contention. This will always be a bone of contention. Because, like, I understand why organizations might want to cut from prize money. Because it is, especially if you're uh, a smaller organization, because it is immediately the way that you can see to get money back, right? It is immediately the way you can see to get money back. Because what you do is, you say... Um, how are we going to do it? I got to send you in a hotel, you know, I got to send you in a plane and then I got to put you in a hotel and then I, and then I got to pay for your food and everything else while you're out there. And then I got to send a manager to make sure you get to your games on time. And then, you know, I have to, so I have to outlay all of these expenses. Plus I'm pay, already paying you guys a salary. So if you win, boom, we want to take some money. But what this does is, first of all, it de-incentivizes your players because, you know, even if it's only 20%, 20% out of your prize money, your prize, to a, in a player's mind, your prize money's already getting divided five ways if you play on a team. Two ways if you play in a Fortnite duo, you know? You're not making the money you think you're making. And then you come in and you take a fee of that. So, 
players don't like it most organizations identify this most established organizations and you don't see them take uh prize money you you win the prizes you get the prize money we've got merchandising we've got all this other stuff you we will not touch your prize money so to have all these fucking egregious percentages in and you're taking prize money on top it's pathetic it is pathetic it is you know it is a trash contract on that basis if you want to know about one of the worst ones i ever saw uh, back in the day um i think it was was it mouse sports it might have been anyway uh, if it isn't they're going to be super pissed but fuck them um I'm, I'm pretty sure it was I'm about 90 percent um they wanted to send a team to uh ti and i think they got a dota team that had like qualified or whatever um and so they immediately put all their money into that and the reason was that they had a clause in their contract where it was like oh if they got more than a million in prize money the org took 50 percent <laughs> so it, it you know and, and i saw that clause in a few other contracts like for dota teams like if you if you win big at ti immediately you think yeah we've done it life-changing money org wants 50 of that off the top that's before you get your cut and then have to go home and pay pay your taxes so you you know the the idea that you should be taking this type of percentage from everything else and on top of that you're gonna fucking demand um 20 percent of prize money as well is 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 crazy um now remember um let me just make sure i've, I've done everything else because it wasn't there something about the twitch yeah um I think there was something else about his streaming um, as well, which seems to have been overlooked in this breakdown here. But I think he was also saying they could take his Twitch and his YouTube money, and Banks even addressed that and said, we haven't touched any of that, but apparently they could. So I'm, I, I don't know why that isn't a big deal here, but whatever, fuck it. We've talked enough about the percentages. As I said, the percentages not really relevant in the end the percentages are just about whether or not you want to know if phase are cunts and it turns out that they are um but this is where it gets even more interesting um remember how we talked about um the the um not the anti-competitive elements within this contract so i've already told you that uh non-competes uh, almost inarguably unenforceable and are rapidly there's pressure actually on uh u.s government bod uh, officials to pass a bill that makes them a thing of the past that you just can't put them in contracts um i'll link you to a bloomberg report about that in a second but basically this is almost certainly unenforceable right. uh it says here get out of this resub contract either yeah i know okay you, you you're stuck for life buddy um so it says here that there's a clause that would force t if he if he left um That's right. uh so let's say for example phase wanted to tr fire him 
right? Because they realize he's not going to resign. They realize there's a lawsuit ahead. So they might want to fire him for cause, which... The wrestling industry is riddled with non-competes. Yeah, I know. It's insane, isn't it? Um, so I think that was actually one of the things that might have prompted it. I'll, I'll, I'll show you when we get to the Bloomberg thing. But anyway, they might be like, fuck it, we're going to lose. So we'll just fire him for cause. And they, they could arguably have cause to fire him at this point. Um, it would almost be stubbornness not to. He certainly violated their social media policy. I've shown you how he violated the material breach policy on being intoxicated and or breaking the law in content when he was drinking alcohol underage on a stream while being a phase player at a phase property on a phase video on a phase channel. So they could fire him for cause. They've got grounds to do it. And it says in the contract they have a a, a clause in the contract where if they fire him for cause he can't play for anyone else uh or prof or professionally play video games which is very broad terminology for six months right and it says there in the event of termination for a game of material breach games should be prohibited from playing video games publicly online or in live tournaments or professionally for a period of six months with the effective date of such termination so that would preclude him from streaming Right? But here's the thing. That's going to be deemed unenforceable. There's no way. There's no way. That it, 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 it can't be. It just won't be enforced. But um, this is why the anti-competitive component of it gets super interesting. Because, again, I've seen similar, not as harsh as that, but I've seen similar clauses in contracts. If you've ever wondered why a player gets dropped from an esports team and they sit there and they go, hey everyone, I am a streamer now. And they put the logo up of the team they no longer play for and they just sadly stream for like four hours a day, six hours a day and occasionally stop and go, yep, G, G Fuel's the best, love them. And they have to like, have the sponsor logos around. You've ever wondered why that's happening? Very often it's because they have a choice where... Um, it's either an exorbitant buyout, a non-compete, or both. <laughs> Sometimes both. Like, we get to choose to sell you for what amount we deem fit, not even representative of the value of the contract, just any number we say. And you can't play for anyone else until we decide. So I've seen some wild shit over in esports. And remember as well, what we're talking about here is entertainment. The esports guys will get very little of the benefit. If you're classed as an athlete, you will get very little of the benefit from the TFU case. What, what, it'll affect organizations, and it will affect how organizations make contracts. What it won't do is um, uh, affect esports athletes because they're governed by a completely different set. So I hope that gets everybody up to date with where we are. Um, here's uh, just some other pointers because I, I do want to just source some of the stuff I've been saying. Um, let me just see if I've got any other points from the legal guys they talked to. Uh, yeah, somebody I talked to, who's an expert in entertainment law, said that the, the talent agency agreement doesn't mean like even if you're in violation of that the the commission would have the option to not invalidate the contracts it's super rare 
but they could just fine you and say the contract stand. But it's super, super rare. The idea that it's cut 100% apparently is wrong, and it's, clo it's closer to 90 so I think I said in a previous video it's 100%. It's actually like, it's, it's more likely 90% of the time. So it has happened sometimes, but but uh, very, very rare. Um, uh, yeah, then there was just the other, the other stuff about how the Talent Agency Act is currently if, if you apply it to this case it assumes esports players are artists but it turns out that they might actually be athletes and team you you can't be a you can't be a talent agent if you're operating under the athlete agency act but there might be exceptions to that because apparently there's an athlete agency act as well which i haven't even had time to fucking look at i haven't even had time to look at the uh the the athlete agency act so so these two things could clash and it turns out the classification could be super important um and what what's likely to happen is if the court the case does proceed they're gonna have to sit around look at the statutes look at the classifications and then make a determination about who is what and uh and 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 and, and then proceed from there so again if tfu is classified as an athlete All of this could potentially go away. But I, I think the way the contract words what he does and the services he provides, I, I don't think that can happen. But that's my opinion. Um, oh, and I was going to tell you about unconscionability. So I'll go to everyone's favorite uh, source for this. I'll tell you about unconscionability because I just learned about this today myself. Well, I say I learned about it. I read I read up on it because it's not a term that I've I've come across before. Um, but, uh, I, it, it probably should have been, um, I think we might call it something else in the UK, but unconscionability. So remember, right in the video we saw right at the start, way, way back in the annals of time, um, shout out to all the YouTube viewers who are watching me at like one and a half or two times speed now. Um, he said, I'm just a kid. I was just a dumb kid. I didn't know what I was signing. The con I didn't know the contract was bad. It says if you want to if you want to get a contract voided on that basis, right? You have to look at what is called unconscionability. Sometimes called unconscionable dealing or conduct, uh, which is a doctrine in contract law that describes terms that are so extremely unjust or overwhelmingly one-sided in favor of the party who has the superior bargaining power that they are contrary to good conscience. Typically, an unconscionable contract is held to be unenforceable because no reasonable or informed person would otherwise agree to it. The perpetrator of the conduct is not allowed a benefit it because the consideration offered is lacking or is so obviously inadequate that to enforce the contract would be unfair to the party seeking to escape the contract um it, and then it goes on to add unconscionability is determined by examining the circumstances of the parties when the contract was made such as their bargaining power their age 
and mental capacity. Other issues might include lack of choice, uh, su um, superior knowledge, and other obligations or circumstances surrounding the bargaining process. Unconscionable conduct is also found in acts of fraud and deceit, where the deliberate misrepresentation of fact deprives someone of a valuable po of a valuable possession. When a party takes unconscionable advantage of another, the action may be treated as criminal fraud or the civil action of deceit, which is a separate thing. It's basically the civil equivalent. If somebody lies to you, you can sue them without it going to court for fraud. So a lot of people, you go, oh, that's fraud, what you're doing. No, it, it, not breaking any laws, but you could certainly bring a civil suit for deceit. You know, that's an interesting distinction. Um, so what he, what, what, what he said when he said, I'm just a kid, that's not going to hold up because you weren't just a kid, were you? You weren't a literal kid. You were still an adult. You were still like 20 years old um 19 at the 19 at the youngest that is a perfectly reasonable age to be entering into a contract um so your youth wouldn't create this element of unconscionability um you you can't say i didn't read it that's not unconscionable that's not that, that's not going to come under the unconscionability clause because you're supposed to and if you're not able to you're supposed to get somebody else uh to to read it for you the only grounds that you not reading it would come under unconscionability would be if you were illiterate and you didn't have any guardians or legal representation available or you uh, were so mentally impaired you didn't think to to go and check now if you want to cop to those things um it you there's certainly an argument for unconscionability but um otherwise no uh and then uh, the the discrepancy in bargaining power you can maybe make that argument um i don't think it holds up at all but you can maybe make the argument because he is uh, young uh and a nobody in 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 the, in the industry um and you have this big you know power broker in the form of phase and 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 you know all of their following and all of their um you know kind of reach but that you know that doesn't speak to an imbalance of power that's an imbalance of status they're coming to you suggests you're holding some cards so i don't think there's an unconscionability argument on that basis either so when he when he threw that into the video um i i i don't know if again that was like part of a strategy but that absolutely will not hold up in fact uh, the the i spoke to two lawyers about this argument and they basically said nah no chance that if if they were representing tfu they wouldn't even argue this What is the difference between intellectual property and likeness? In the contract it says Farsi owns his results and proceeds of the intellectual property for perpetuity. Um, breakdown BTW. Well, likeness is when you... Likeness is this. It's you, right? It's your image. It's any logos associated with you, your profile, your face, uh, your voice uh, is covered by likeness, right? Anything that is identifiable as you, that, that you yourself um 
you know kind of control right so so again my face for good or ill will always be my face like if somebody took my face without my permission and put it in a fucking video game let's say they made a video game tomorrow called punch richard lewis in the face and they use my face without consulting me um and and i could prove that it was me and they did it and they violated it you know obviously all the money that well not all the money but i'm, I'm entitled to damages for that uh, or, or i can even shut down the game entirely um you know, in fact, there was a similar thing that actually did happen in, in esports with that dive kick game. Uh, if anybody's interested in it, you can go watch. I did a Richard Lewis show with um, Marn. And I think, like, they they, they put Marn in a, in, a, in a video game without him knowing about it. And it was, like, clearly him. Um, and even though it didn't use his name, it looked like him. And uh, it... it, it uh, it made references, subtle references to him. So I, so I think they had to settle. I can't remember the exact story. It was a while ago when I interviewed Marn, but but that's a great episode, by the way. Like you don't have to be into the FGC. Like Marn was in League of Legends. He's just been around gaming for years. Um, so you should uh, you you should you should look into that. But yeah, that's your likeness. Intellectual property is an is an idea. It is a, a it is a concept. It is a creation. Um, something that you then enact. So you know, if I write a short story, the short story is my intellectual property. If I invent um, a fucking you know, well, inventions get a little bit trickier because you have to patent stuff and make sure it doesn't clash with existing technology and all this other stuff. So that that's that's you know i don't want to go down into that fucking kettle of fish but you know that's basically what intellectual property is so that's the difference um you have to you have to own somebody's likeness rights if you want to use them for promotional purposes so it's very reasonable for a team to say i need your intellectual rights while you play for me the problem is when they ask for them in perpetuity the intellectual property side of things i, I didn't look at that clause specifically so i don't know if the question if it says uh, so some some companies do this like if you work for a company i think i had this i think i signed this when i was at e-league it might have been e-league um some company i worked for so i remember talking about this it was basically journalism no maybe it wasn't e-league anyway uh the, the, there was a there was a clause in my contract where any ideas i had while i worked for that company were theirs they 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 owned them so any ideas I came up with belonged to the company. So if I went to my boss and I said, hey, I got this fucking great idea. They could go, oh, it's brilliant, Rich. We're going to totally go and use that. And uh, they go out and they fucking, they, 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 they could make millions off it. And I wouldn't be entitled to shit. So if you ever sign a clause like that, my advice is keep all your good ideas to yourself. Unless you want to get played for a motherfucking sucker. Uh, but, but the clauses like that do exist. Um, and I, I've even had to sign one at some point. It probably just wasn't illegal. Illegal was super cool to me. It's hard to remember. That's like, it feels like another lifetime when I, was, when I started at Elite. Um But I've definitely signed one before in the past. Who knows? uh yes i see you scootsy wootsy we're gonna get you in um but just a couple of other things so that was the unconscionability stuff so you can go and read more about that general consensus from the lawyers i talked to um is that uh he doesn't have an argument on the unconscionability basis that wouldn't hold up there are still two grounds on which to uh void uh the uh contract but then there was this thing um
Uh, yeah, here it is. So this is from March this year. So this is very, very recent. Um, and this is something that, you know, when you start seeing all of these non-competes, which is when Scoots comes on, you're going to hear a, a lot about those. Um, the the, the non-competes are... Um, it, you know they're, they're so egregious like i can't believe they're like standard in a lot of industries honestly basically for those who don't know maybe maybe in europe where they're not as prevalent um it's if you work for a company and then you decide to leave sometimes they can stipulate you can't work in the same industry um because you're competing beyond you know you can take stuff you learn on the job at one company go to a rival company make them better and improve the competition so they say you're not allowed to do that so you can we we can't say you can't have a job at all but we can say you can't have any job that we believe competes with us now when you get into shit like tech companies that is so unbelievably broad you know like because working on a search engine is very fucking different to working on a virtual reality machine. But then when you look at the tech oligarchs that we've got in Silicon Valley and you realize everyone's all working on the same shit all of the time and they own everything. Um, those non-competes become very harsh. And this is why I think in the next few years, you just see non-compete. Like, in California, they very rarely enforce them when people have disputes about it. California is super liberal when it comes to that. Super liberal in general. Um, but look, this was what happened in March of 2019, uh, according to this report on Bloomberg, where labor groups basically uh, were petitioning... Um, the Federal Trade Commission and other members of uh, the political system to just basically um, get rid of uh, to, to get rid of non-compete clauses that to just ban them outright, um, and I think that's the way forward, honestly, because they're so. I mean, uh, judges don't like to enforce them in certain states. They're so subjective anyway, and this is this is another thing where if for whatever reason. In, if the California Labor Commission does still get involved, does still want to look at all of this phase shit, uh, this is all going to be vitally important to it as well. Because that six-month clause, you can't stream, you can't make any money from fucking video games. Nah, you can't enforce that because you are literally taking away the kid's only source of livelihood. Like, you know, what you want him to do for six months? Fucking go work at a Starbucks? It, it's it's absurd. It would be like, you know, if you said, um, and notice it's all video games. It's not just even Fortnite. So it would be like literally saying that if fucking, you know, there was an argument and LeBron James left the fucking Lakers, probably is actually going to happen, but you know, whatever. If, if, there was a, if there was an argument and LeBron James got fired for cause from the Lakers or was cut from the Lakers, he wouldn't be allowed to play any sports uh, at all, and he would have to go like you know, you just have fucking LeBron just working in Starbucks for six months. Like, yeah, what do you want, man? Like, holy shit, it's LeBron James pouring me coffee. Yeah, non competes are fucking stupid. So you know, um, it, you know, co completely absurd. And I and I think the way we're headed, you'll definitely see, uh, you know, non competes become a thing of the past in the next. I, I say next two years. I, I think it's something that's going to get fast tracked. Then I want to make you aware of this for anybody that's interested on why I strongly believe the contract can be voided on the basis they were acting like a talent agency. I was looking up uh, various articles. I was looking at case law. I was pulling statistics. I was doing everything and I stumbled across this article which is strobing right now because it's XSplit uh, over uh, again on, on Forbes, right? 
you know, a business uh, publication. And there was a fucking story in. And, and I was like, shit, I remember reading something about this at the time. Um, and it was, uh, it was about the fucking Deftones. Now, for those who don't know, Richard Lewis likes the Deftones. Big fan of the Deftones. Uh, you know, some of the best gigs they've been to. Deftones love them right so i totally fucking forgot that they were involved in the california talent agency act right so um let me let me just t tell you about it um entertainers personal managers have long been haunted by california's talent agency act the taa a law enacted in 1978 that requires a person to have a license if they're acting as an agent uh, unlike the comparable New York law, California does not provide an exception for personal managers who incidentally procure employment for their client. Remember at the start of the stream when I said you still need a license in New York to be an agent? You do, but if you give yourself some stupid like bullshit fucking title and you can make an argument that oh i do all this other stuff and i just so happen to get him work sometimes you'll skate and they'll they'll argue when they look at it you don't need a license um this is why where, where the jurisdiction falls under is going to be important and it probably will fall under the jurisdiction of the california labor commission uh artists like the deftones um Oh, yeah, and, and it also says there, the phrase procure employment covers a, a pretty broad range of activities. It certainly does, uh, which is another reason why I think this um, this uh, th this contract is actually bad, bad for phase in that sense. But artists like the Deftones have used the TAA to escape the obligations of their California management contracts by claiming their manager has violated that statute. Dave Park, former manager of the Deftones, sued the band in 1996 for breach of his then-existing management agreement with the band, claiming the Deftones had not paid him commissions that he had earned. The Deftones responded by filing a complaint with the California Labor Commission seeking to cancel the management agreement because Park had violated the Talent Agency Act. When the Labor Commissioner determined that Park had procured performance engagements, ooh, I don't know, what you might call public appearances, <laughs> um, when they, when they determined that Parker procured performance engagements for the band on 84 occasions without a license, she sided with the band, cancelled each of the three management agreements that Parker entered into in 92, 93, and 94. The court then also sided with the Deftones. After an unsuccessful appeal, Park was left with no commission and no valid management agreements and got paid fuck all. So... You know, that's why I think when you look at uh, the, 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 the TAA and it, where it's positioned in all of this, that's why it's, that's why it's the crux of the matter for me. If, if, he is de if, if FaZe are deemed to be TFU's agent, if he is deemed to be an artist, it's game over. It's game over. Uh, in, in California, for sure. It's game over.